Hey, how about them tops, son? All day, SEC boys. You're listening to the Red Out Podcast. (laughs) Hello and welcome into another Red Out Podcast. My name is Devin and I'm regretful that we haven't been able to be having the podcast here in a few past few weeks, but uh, life happens, and with this pandemic, COVID happens, and all that good stuff. And we've got Jared in the house. How's it going, buddy? Hey, how are you? I'm doing good. Just uh, living hectic, you know. Alex, yeah, I feel you, man. Do we have Alex? Yes. Good. How are you, buddy? Hey, I'm good. How about y'all? Doing good. It's just a little chaotic. You know how it goes sometimes. Oh, yeah. Um, I worked Black Friday yesterday, so, yeah, I understand what chaotic means. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, I bet you do, buddy. Um, I've only, I guess, I don't know if I would say volunteered, but I've only gone out with my, I went with my mother one year for Black Friday shopping, and I may have gone one other time, but that was it. And I did drive, uh, then girlfriend, now wife, to uh, when she used to work at Best Buy, to to her work at like two or three in the morning because she thought the roads were going to be so packed that nobody would be able to get through there. Yeah. Um, but that was fun, yeah. Um, Black Friday's crazy. I actually heard that there were not as many Black Friday shoppers as they anticipated. Yeah, I can tell you firsthand, at least outside of Rivergate in Nashville, there wasn't much of anybody. I mean, compared to what it traditionally would be, but it was not as super busy. Like even my mom, I think she went to Myers and all these and a bunch of other places in Bowling Green, and she talked like Bowling Green wasn't even that bad either. So I guess that's probably due to COVID. Everybody's ordering stuff online. I mean, as a research person, thank you. <laughs> yes, I was going to say, I mean, it's good for the economy, as I put quotes in the air, but you know, it just happened. Um, and I can understand people's uh, apprehension from going out, especially with this virus. Um, I guess winners and losers. Uh, my first loser would have to be the Baltimore Ravens. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, COVID, the COVID outbreak that is plaguing the Ravens. Um, and I guess slight explanation why we haven't had the podcast the past couple of weeks. One of the guys that I worked with, um, he was off the the Monday of the Golden, uh, the Southern Miss week, and uh, he came in Tuesday, and his wife called him. I mean, almost immediately once he walked in the door, because it was like eight thirty nine, and her she said her son, who is a hypochondriac, said that he couldn't taste anything and he had a fever. And he couldn't smell anything. I was like, oh, yeah, okay. So when he went and got checked out, got tested, the doctor that checked him out said, no, he doesn't have it. You know, just by from what I'm seeing, uh, got the COVID results back and they were positive. Yeah. So the coworker, my coworker, went into isolation. Um, and then I think a week into his isolation, he started feeling bad. Uh, so now he's tested positive as of last week. Um, and his quarantine is scheduled to end in two days. This coming Monday. Um, 
he was he of course he's in his 50s so he was dead dog sick i mean he had the cough the fatigue you know at one point he was having issues breathing um but he's on the mend as far as i know um he's doing a lot better and you may hear abby in the background playing with my wife She's just and, figured out. She's just figured out screaming, so it's fine. And she'll never forget now, too. So. No, no, yeah, yeah. She'll. She likes to be uh, heard. Uh, but so uh, last week, my wife uh, developed a cough, and so you're immediately your mind goes to you know basically oh shit, COVID. Yeah. Um, so, you know, she was feeling really ill, started her on some medication, trying to uh, to see, you know, kind of like what's going on. Uh, she got tested uh, Tuesday, this past Tuesday, and she did the rapid test and it came back negative. So everything's good there. We're all good as far as health is concerned. That's but nice. it just it just makes things so hectic. Um the the week that my coworker went out, I didn't get a day off. Second week, I really didn't. I didn't get a day off then either. So yeah. it's just been crazy busy at work. And like I said, I felt like I kind of owed everyone, uh, all of our listeners, an explanation. So that's my chaotic life. And that's kind of why I sound like I've got a cold right now because I do. <laughs> uh, yeah. But taking Mucinex and Dayquil and... I even tried Zycam. I don't know if anybody else has tried that, but I would not recommend it. It feels like it's just made me have more of a cold, which is part of my conspiracy theory with colds. But um, anyway, sorry. Uh, Jared, do you have any winners or losers? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, there's definitely... Oh, goodness. Uh, <laughs> I know. It sounds like she's in the room, but she's like literally below me uh, an entire floor down. Wow. That's impressive. She's got some lungs. <laughs> We call her the Raptor. She's the Velociraptor. Yeah. Um, I would have to say winners. Um, I definitely got to give a shout out to uh, Alex Fuller. Sarah Fuller. Yeah, that's her name. Sarah, the yes. Vanderbilt. Yes. The, what she did today was very significant. I hope that that kind of paves the way for more female punters. I know that Franklin Simpson on the state championship team that we had, I think in 2017, 2018, okay. one of those years, uh, they actually had a female punter too, and she was amazing. So I definitely commend anybody, like any coach that gives a girl the opportunity to do that because they can do it. And, I mean, yeah. it takes some hits too. I mean, just because they're a girl doesn't mean they can't get a hit in her every now and then. I mean, that's, they can do all right. So, I mean, major shout-out to Sarah. Amazing thing to do. Yeah, completely agree. Uh, it sounds like we have Ross. Hey, guys. Sounds like you're, having the, same, sounds like you're having the same issue I am. I put on a TV show for the kids. We'll see how long I can make it through this. Yes. <laughs> <Very good. laughs> hey, don't even sweat it. I've got the little Velociraptor downstairs, and you'll hear her every now and then. So I apologize ahead of time, but just uh, it's just part of it, guys. Um, Alex, winners and losers. Winners, I would have to say, is just college basketball fans everywhere they were treated. This whole entire week to the start of the college basketball season, especially having games on Thanksgiving, which it was a trip to see. Like, they were more entertaining than the NFL games. Yeah, I forget the NFL. (laughs) (laughs) 
And the losers would have to be the Ravens-Steelers situation. I think the game got moved twice. A couple Steelers players actually tested positive. James Conner, the running back, being one of them. So now it's already going to put the game in more jeopardy. So it's like, do they just move it an extra day? Or do they well, have see, to schedule it? Or it's like, it's in limbo right now. My thing is, is did Lamar Jackson test positive? Because they said he was out. Yeah, and I didn't yes. know if that was – is that injury related or COVID? COVID. COVID. Okay. Um, honestly, I, if he gets COVID, which I'm, they said it, I guess you said he did, but um, I'm hoping he, he's asymptomatic and doesn't have you know any of this bad stuff going on. But uh, prayers are with him anyway. Um, anybody, uh, Alex, you got anything else? No, I'm good. Ross, long time, uh, winners and losers, buddy. Uh, I, I would like to echo what Alex kind of said. I think, you know, us getting some good Thanksgiving uh, basketball and kind of reminded me, you know, it's been such a weird year with, you know, the schedule with football and stuff like that. This would normally be a rivalry. So it was good to, you know, get everything kind of back on normal. And it was, it's, it was great to start off the season with a bang, you know. And other than that, I would say just on a – you know, sports specific. Uh, you know, Notre Dame winning yesterday. I think they basically they take if they can they can maybe make the playoff even if they lose to Clemson. You know, the second time in the ACC championship. So, you know, wow. the, yeah, Notre Dame's kind of a lightning rod, but they're really putting together a good season. So, you know, it'd be kind of it'd be interesting to see them in the college football playoff. And then I would say some losers. Just the college football rankings. You know, BYU. What were they at? Fourteen. They kind of got screwed uh winner of cincinnati maybe maybe they can sneak somewhere in there i mean they were what seven or eight guys and you know that'd be you know as you know as g5 fans i think that'd be really cool for see a school like cincinnati find a way to sneak into the playoffs i think a lot of stuff's got to happen but you know let's, yeah. let's cheer for it so uh, yeah hey i'm fine with a local local also, group getting it also i would love to see whoever wins the college football championship this year to take the nfc uh, east playoff spot for the playoffs <laughs> because they would be better than anyone that will actually win that division it's terrible yes yes i completely agree there that's and actually i will echo kind of what alex was saying for the first year that i can remember of course my family ended up coming up here uh because i was on call for work but um we actually sat and watched Western versus uh, Memphis. Yeah, and that was just – it, it, it kind of felt weird, but it was kind of fun at the same time to watch basketball on Thanksgiving. Yeah. It was, it was like – I mean, and we're a football family, so it was kind of like, uh, okay. But it was fun. I, I enjoyed I get, it. I could tell from just the interaction that, like, people were geared up about it. Those, you know, the, the casual Western fans were out in force the last three days. And oh, definitely. That's, a great, that's a great thing to see. That's, that's, you know, it kind of reminds you, you know, Hey, you know, you play some big time games on channels that are easy to find, you know, you actually get a little bit of an audience. So, <laughs> yeah. And after we beat Memphis, there was a lot of national talk about Western after that. I mean, I've, I've seen people say that we're almost a final four caliber team. I've had other people on the internet I've seen that are experts saying that we'll for sure be a team in mid-major to be dealt with. It's one of the toughest teams. So just having those games on ESPN recently is going to be huge just to kind of show everybody what we are. i tell you one player that I was – I guess we'll kind of jump into this with uh, basketball. Um, one player that I was really surprised and I thought did really well was Williams. What's his first name? Carson. 
Carson. I yeah, I thought that, but I was like, that doesn't sound right. Carson you know? Daddy Williams. <laughs> Carson Williams. I I was really impressed with him. Um I thought he he's did just, really he's well. just a scrapper. Just junkyard dog. He is. I, I thoroughly enjoyed him playing, I guess, the five. And I mean, I thought he played really well. Uh Bassey taking the uh kind of NBA three was nice to see at the Mem- during the Memphis game. Um, you know, I don't know. I'll have to check the stats. Some of you may know if Western had more fouls that game than normal since they wore the black. That's Jake's favorite stat. Um, I know know Western dominated that part of the game. I mean, that stands ball to a T where you you rack up the, you know, the fouls on the other team. And uh, against Memphis, it worked. Against West Virginia yesterday is where that kind of was our Achilles heel during that you know, that big run that they made is we were just were not getting the foul calls on us and, you know, for us. And, you know, I think that was a big reason along with the uh, Hollingsworth and Bassey's little mini injuries that kind of really hurt us from pulling the upset yesterday. Uh, Jared, what did you think of the game yesterday? Did you watch? Uh, yesterday was the one I didn't get to see, but I got, oh, to, okay. I got to see Northern Iowa and Memphis, both of those great, great games. The fact that we won that Northern Iowa game is incredible because any other season we would have gotten run off the court with a team shooting 23 pointers and actually making them is crazy because that's what Vermont <laughs> has done to us the past five years. And we were actually able to hold them off as good as they were shooting from deep. I think if they would have made two more threes, they, I think they would have broken some type of NCAA record for most threes probably. Probably but, right. Yeah, so that was a big, big win. And they'll probably end up winning the Missouri Valley Conference as well. They're a team that will be – they'll, they'll up somebody, upset somebody in the tournament. So that will likely happen. And yeah. the Memphis game was such a great game to watch. I mean, just very physical – very back and forth. I thought that we held our ground really well. Memphis was trying to come back, but we were actually able to hold them off. So it was great to be able to see that. But my favorite player that I've been the most surprised with was Davion McKnight. That first game that he had against Northern Iowa scoring over 20 points in his very first collegiate game was amazing. That gives us a lot of hope for the future. I mean, I can only dream about what it's going to be like when him and Zion Harmon are on the court at the same time. So that's going to be incredible to watch. But he's going to be great even this season, too. I mean, depending on his minutes and if he can continue to develop, I mean, he's going to be solid. Now, see, I think Kenny Cooper was a big integral part uh, to that to the Memphis game especially. Um, yeah. Alex, what were, you th- what were your thoughts over the past few games? I didn't get to see the Northern Iowa game and the Memphis game due to me being pretty much not around Wi-Fi at the time in my hometown of Mayfield, but yesterday I was thankful to actually get up on it. That way I could do the recap and watch the game. And for what I've gathered, yesterday was nothing to hang our heads about because we came out of the gate and held on with a ranked team like West Virginia. So it just shows, like, not only the improvement we made this season, but we are deserving of the national recognition that we're getting because this is – a scrappy team. I feel like we're going to do really well in conference play, but non-conference, I honestly am excited to see them go against Louisville. I feel like we have a really good chance to beat Louisville upcoming because it's just how the team we are. I, th- I think you're right. I, 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 as long as all the pieces are there, and, and from the Memphis game, 
you know, if they come out with that swagger they had against Memphis and you and I, I think they've got it. I agree with you on the West Virginia. It's a 15th ranked team currently. I, you know, that team, that team's probably going to be pretty good. I, now, will they break the top 10? I don't know. Um, but it, it's a decent loss for this time of year, you know. Um, the Arkansas Little Rock game got postponed. Is that right? Yeah. No, it just got it just got sh- shuffled around because they joined that tournament. Ah, uh, okay, okay. I just didn't know if there was like, Ar- hey, <laughs> uh, I didn't know if there was some uh, Arkansas Little Rock COVID I didn't know about or whatever. But no worries there. Um, and of course, everybody does know that the uh, Western game got pushed. It was supposed to be today, and it got pushed to Tuesday. Uh, Western Charlotte football. Um, Ross, what did you think of football or uh, basketball? I'm sorry. Okay, good. Uh, yeah, I want to talk football too, but basketball, there's there's a lot to be excited about. I think, you know, I've said it a lot, uh, whether it was on my personal account or to my friends or whatever. This is – yeah, right. Uh, the, <laughs> this, this is the team we've been – this is the team we've been waiting for. So, you know, we Stansberry finally has the great combination of depth, of experience, of talent. You know, I think we were always missing one of those over the last three years. And, um, you know, fine, or really the last four years of his tenure, finally now you got to the point where all of them really showed these first two, really the first three games. I mean, if you look at – this game, they kind of they had a bad stretch where, you know, they just had some bad injury luck and then some substitution patterns. I mean, you guys rewatch the game on Hilltopper Vault. I'm always going to plug that guy because he does a really good job. Chad, Chad. Oh, yeah. uh, uh, yes. Um, but you know, he, I think he's still learning the lineups. I think you know he's got a lead. Josh Anderson was so good in the first half yesterday, and then he didn't play him during that that crucial stretch, and that's when they got back in the game. You combine that without Bassing and Hollingsworth, like, that's why they went on their run. Like, Anderson can match up with anybody. You know, he's he's not going to be a high scorer, but he's just going to be a big blue guy this year. Um, Cooper's struggled a little bit. I, none of the point guards have really taken off, but, you know, we've got three capable guys with Rawls, Cooper, and uh, McKnight. And then, yeah, Hollingsworth's right where he left off last year. Williams is going to get you some good just junk games like like you did against Memphis and Bassey. Bassey's basically you know reclaimed his draft stock through the first three games. Like even yesterday with you know having you know he basically played three minutes the first half with two fouls and then you know played had was had a little injury concern in the middle of the second half. He still finished with fifteen points, seven rebounds, and a couple blocks. So I think this is the year Bassey puts together, and I think he's going to you know. We've been checking these draft boards for years on him, and I think he's finally going to get back into it now. So, you know, the sky's the limit with this team. Uh, I'm actually going to be at the Louisville game on Tuesday, and, um, you know, I'm really excited. I think, you know, I think Samuel Williamson, one of their top players, might be out of the game with an injury. And if that happens, I think I'm going to be really interested to see what the line is. It could be close to a pick So I don't know if I was the only one or not, but uh, during this little – Invitational tournament, whatever you want to call it. Was it weird to look in the stands and not see anybody? Yeah, kind of. A little bit. I mean, we've had tournaments like that in the past where there would basically be nobody there. So, 
I made a conference USA right. tournament. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but even even then you have like, you know, the, they could find the pocket of, you know, 50 fans and just show them the whole game, you know? Yeah. True. Alex, what do you think, bud? It's weird, but it's also going to be really interesting whenever the Blue Bloods start playing and all the big conferences like the SEC, the Big Ten, the ACC start playing each other. So I feel like most of college basketball, to some extent, goes off of crowd noise, goes off of reactions, goes off of support. You basically have that next to nothing, like shoe squeaking and a yeah. media crew. That's about it. So I feel yeah, like it's, it's going to bring out a lot. And I, mean, I think you can really hear the coaches like over head, which is funny to me. <laughs> See, what Western needs to do in Diddle is just take Matt McKay and have all of his samples of him cheering and be like, Defense, talk, defense. <laughs> oh <laughs> just my playing God. that at a loud volume. So, yeah, yes. that's what they ought to do. Oh, you're going you're gonna to make me look this video up. i got to find this video now of Matt. Uh, See, ooh. honestly, why can't we just choose, like, the most biggest – well, the biggest fans – and just have them be the ones that are in diddle. I think that would be great. I get some of the most weird calls from Matt sometimes, or t- messages. So it may take me a second to find this little video and find it. I wonder, did he send it to me or did I? Not to mention the mid majors are going to raise all kinds of heck this season. Yeah. Yeah. Virginia getting beat by San Francisco yesterday. Yeah, that was another big one. It was astounding. I mean, it is Virginia, so I mean, I would expect them to lose to a mid-major team that has yellow in their jersey. That's just canon at this point. Okay, I can't find it. It's going to drive me nuts, though. But anyway, I love the video that uh, Matt did four years back where he was, like, through the tire, and he's like, Weston is on fire! (laughs) (laughs) I love that, dude. That cracks me up. Um Honestly, I was expecting like cutouts in the stands or something like that. I don't know. You know, it's just it's a different time, so it's kind of different for me. But and I'm sure it's different for a lot of people. But it's uh, at least we have sports. I think. Know? I think the reason why they didn't even have those was because they were supposed to have fans like twenty percent in the last minute. They just canceled it. So I don't think they yeah. had enough time to to do that and. Really, the, I think there was only one home team up there anyway, South Dakota State. So, My question is, is there people in South Dakota to even go to a basketball game anyways? No, I think no. they're just like out hunting moose or something. Probably. Or Sioux Falls, where, where that was, I mean, it is bigger than Bowling Green. So, yeah. just an FYI. <laughs> okay, okay. I'll give you that. Um, yeah, I, I, at least we've got Louisville to look forward to on the first – uh, Jared, what do you think our outlook is? Uh, I mean, I think it's pretty solid just with the core that we have. Having that tournament in South Dakota is going to pay dividends for the rest of the year. Being able to play strong competition like that very early on should hopefully get us ready for sure by conference tournament time. But I, I don't know. I mean, I haven't really seen much of Louisville. I saw that they beat Evansville pretty big, but they only beat Seton Hall by one. That was a really close game. Uh, well, I'll see how they look. I think they played the 29th. I'll probably try to watch that game and see how Louisville looks. I haven't got to watch them play yet, but I think we have a pretty decent shot. It's our best shot of beating them that we've had in the past several years, for sure. Uh, yes, you're right. They're going to play uh, 
Prairie View A and M on the 29th. Of course, we're going to play Prairie View A and M. Um, I think play them the day after we play Louisville. It's uh, on the third at six. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, Louisville game is going to be on the ACC network. So if you can watch it, check it out. If not, hopefully uh, Hilltopper Vault will be able to get it and you can watch it there. Um, but I will say, I'll throw in my two cents before I let the other guys throw their cents in. Low, uh, Louisville's looking at a 54.9% uh, matchup probability on ESPN. So that's a little over half. I'll take that. That's not yeah, bad. Uh, Alex, what do you think, buddy? I honestly think that going into the game, Bazzy is healthy. I know that Bazzy did get injured like around December of last year. But going up to that point, he was kind of up and down <laughs> on just certain parts of his play. But what we've seen from him the past three days, like I'm definitely confident that he's definitely going to get some stats and be a huge impact in the Louisville game. But also we have the bench to contend now with the rotations going in and out. So it's going to be a pretty interesting Tuesday night. Ross, what is your analysis? What do you think is going to happen? Sorry, I've been muting and I'm muting. I think, you know, Louisville is very – they're a very young team. Um, You know, I've watched both their first two games, bits and pieces. You know, against Evansville, Evansville was god-awful. You couldn't really get much other than that. Louisville is going to be athletic and talented. Uh, you know, Seton Hall is a perennial tournament team right now, and that was a pretty good win yesterday. You know, I think Bassey's going to be able to, you know, impose as well. It's going to be how the other guys play against Louisville's long athletic team. And, you know, getting to play teams like Memphis and West Virginia is going to give us a leg up against them. Uh, I think it just kind of comes down to – you know, Bassey needs to stay out of foul trouble and really imposes well on the game. And then, you know, somebody like Hollingsworth or, uh, you know, any of the supporting cast after that. Hollingsworth needs to have his usual, you know, 18 to 20-point game. And then, you know, if you get a Carson Williams or a, you know, a Davion McKnight or whoever comes out, you know, Western's nine deep. So I think the formula is you get Hollingsworth and Bassey doing their thing and then, you know, one or two other players have to step up the rest of the way and you're good. So, you know, I think, you know, they're more incapable and really, you know, the un- the unfortunate thing is Northern Iowa and Memphis both lost out after playing us the other day. So, um, you know, we need this win for our resume. You know, you, oh, definitely. you win this, you're three and one, you know, Little Rock on uh, – a week from yesterday on Friday is going to be a really good test too. They're a good, I think they're a Sunbelt contender, but other than that, you got that in Rhode Island. And so basically this is going to be a huge make or break for Western's uh, resume. You know, if they want a shot in that large, they probably need to win the game. And, you know, if, if they do win the game, it's going to really help where they would be the difference between a, you know, a, seven to 10 seed or a 12 or 13 seed. So it's going to be huge to win that game. I, I, I think it's a must have, like you said. Um, and I kind of like the move of Bassey to, what would y'all say? Like the four. And then you got Williams at the five. I it's like interchangeable. That. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like, it's, it kind of puts the pressure off Bassey. Um, and I mean, especially with now he's got a three pointer in his arsenal. That is amazing for me. Uh, makes me extremely psyched about Western's basketball season. Um, I think we'll do fine against Louisville. I, I'm hoping for a win. 
they are currently 2-0. Uh, and, of course, we're going to be up, like you said, up in Louisville. Games on ACC Network. Um, <laughs> don't even sweat it. Um, uh, is Louisville, is the Yum at 20%? Or 20% how are we, what are we looking at on that? Or do we know? I think it's at 15. I think there's only going to be right, – we bought them straight through U of L, me and three other buddies that went to Western. And uh, I think 1,500 fans. So I don't think they're serving any – I don't think they're selling any beverages or food, and you basically have to wear your mask the whole game. So That sucks. Yeah, <laughs> it's definitely a lot different experience. For sure. Yeah, like football. Yeah, you can like okay, you can buy a drink and kind of just nurse that, you know, and you know yeah. go back and forth. But yeah, it's I'm I'd be really interested to see like in person where you know if you're no, nothing to drink, you're just sitting there just enjoying the game. I mean, it's going to be a kind of surreal experience. I know. I'm just going to say I know what some of my family would do, and they'd sneak some of that like two liters in or something, you know, like they do with the movies. Uh, but, um, so that game's, like I said, uh, December 1st, which is in what, three days or something, four days. It's on Tuesday. Tuesday, Yeah. Tuesday, uh, 6 PM ACC network at 6 PM Eastern. So check that out. Maybe on the second, if you didn't get to watch it, you can watch it on Hilltopper vault. I'm not going to jinx us, but hopefully it'll be able to be available. Um, so football. I know uh, put the title of this episode Twilight for the season. Um, it's been a rough year, guys. Yeah. Uh, I think I think we all can agree. It's been better uh, lately. It's been better lately. Yes, I agree. Um, the last game uh, we started or we uh, previewed was the Southern Miss game, and Western ended up winning that game ten to seven. Um, and it's just I don't know. It was just it was just an ugly game. Yeah. I mean, they Western led most of the game. They scored. They got their first touchdown or their only touchdown in the first quarter. Field goal in the second, and they did not score again the rest of the game. And Southern Miss got a touchdown with ten thirty to go in the fourth. That's ugly. Ugh. Mm. Sounds bad, but it's kind of good that the <laughs> tickets were limited so that the uh, fans didn't have to watch that one. Frank um, Gore was in attendance though, which is pretty interesting. <laughs> yeah, because. Isn't it Frank Gore Jr. who plays for Southern? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, Western won the first downs. Western had the possessions, and Western had total yards. No turnovers I mean, for either team. I mean, it was basically we're winning on the defense, and that's kind of what our strategy is really the last month. As long, we're sticking with Pigram, and we're just going to say, okay, defense, you do you do everything you can, and offense is new just enough. We're going to try to run the ball, and, you know, against – FAU, you know, you came up just short against, you know, Southern Miss and, you know, against FIU, against some weaker opponents, it's proven to work. I think we're going to look back if we don't get to play in a bowl game, which there's rumors if we win Tuesday that we will. But, uh, you know, we'll look back and say, dang, that FAU game where we gave up that last minute drive or, you know, that last drive of the game is going to be like the the stinger. It's like, man, this – I think Helton, as the season's progressed, has kind of figured out, okay – I don't have it on offense, and we're not going to get it. So let's lean on let's lean on the running game, lean on the defense, and see what happens. And against FIU, you know, it worked out perfection with two defensive touchdowns. So I agree. Uh, I 
And the bad thing is, is I don't like depending on the, or leaning on the defense, like you said, but offensively we are kind of quote handicapped. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We're kind of at a disadvantage on offense and I don't know if it's just 2020 and we just chuck it up to that, like Jared's wanting to do, or just, you know, I mean, the, say here's the one thing I'd say about Pigram, and he drives us all crazy. He doesn't throw interceptions, at least. So that know, is and, true. And I think that's the the fact that he's not gonna he hasn't done that the whole season, believe it or not, has been what's kind of kept him in the lineup because yeah, his fumbles have been bad though. His fumbles, yeah, but he's kind of <laughs> he hasn't fumbled the last couple games. So like, I think they're just willing. Okay, you're going to be the ultimate game manager for us. And you know now that the that he's done that, that's I don't know. I you know personally, I'd like to see them try to get somebody. You know, they had senior day the other day. I think about three quarters of the seniors participated. Some big ones like Malone and Gage Walker and Devin Key and some others, but Pigram didn't participate in that. And just you got to hope to God that that Helton doesn't doesn't just say. Pigram, it's your team next year. He's got to push him next offseason and find, you know, we've I got to so find too. a way to get it go. So I think so, too. I agree with that. I mean, not necessarily push him out the door, but just say, hey, you know, maybe there's another opportunity out there for you to do something else, you know. But I mean, I kind of wish that, you know, we – Stephen Duncan was a lightning rod for us, but, God, you can't – at least he put up passing yards. I mean, it's just crazy how much, <laughs> you know, he might have he might have had the same issues that – that Pigram had a little bit, but just the vertical passing game, it just makes you want to pull your hair out. It's like that one meme of the guy pointing at his forehead or whatever, and he's like, you can't throw interceptions if you don't throw the ball. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Uh, Alex, what, do you, what have you thought so far? Going into both football games from Southern Miss to FIU, it's – that is the type of season where the defense has been the literal anchor – the fact that the defense scored two back-to-back touchdowns in the FIU game and meanwhile it took a while for our offense to pick back up under Pigram, it just shows, like, maybe this offense wasn't going to be that stout this year. Like, originally, things have picked back up. Gage Walker has been doing a great job. The running game is proven to be our bread and butter once again. It just – Pigram, like, Ross is running money on that. Pigram is a game manager quarterback. He's not going to put up big yards, but still, it's like he's going to keep passing the ball. He's going to try to not throw interceptions. Fumbles is a different story, but it's just the offense that we were destined to have. And I think that the one saving grace about this whole year that we're still somewhat in talks of bowl contention is our defense. Yeah. And I think the defense is, I think everybody was going into the season thinking we're fine on defense. There's nothing to sweat. And then it was kind of like, I mean, I guess with not having spring ball and all that, the, uh, the joints weren't loosened up, so to speak. Um, and so it took the defense a little bit more time to get into it. Of course, the offense still hasn't gotten into their stride, but I think defense with, especially with the FIU game, they, uh, they definitely got to their stride getting the uh, defensive touchdowns and, I mean, just playing phenomenally. And I'm just hoping that the, quote, perfect storm can happen uh, against Charlotte. 
on uh, December 1st. Um, I mean, it's a pick them right now. So I think, you know, they haven't played for – I'm still waiting for their guy to give me the questions back. But they haven't played since Halloween. So yeah. we're going to – you know, it's kind of a good thing. We've – you know, we haven't really talked about it on this podcast, but made it through the whole season with – you know, the only postponement pushed the game back three days. Like we made the whole season without COVID wrecking our season, which is – yeah, you know, it's a minor miracle. And yeah. Having that, we're gonna have momentum. Not ha- not be rusty. We're gonna be. You know, Charlotte could come out and just, you know, be out of it. Like, you know, there might be motivation to close strong. And I've heard whispers from you know people who DM us and everything else that you know a bowl game is even at five and six is really on the table. So maybe this team is motivated to to finish the season strong. I mean, you know, it you know it wouldn't be perfect, but finishing the regular season with three straight wins and. You know, I, I said it after we beat, you know, FIU or after we beat Southern Miss. It's like, okay, at least we're not at the Sanford era. You know, we're we're at four wins, which the low there was three. So it's like, okay, we can just chalk this season up to COVID as opposed to being seriously worried about the coaching staff or stuff like that. So, okay. The only thing I could see that could be an issue is the fact that it's at 930 in the morning central time. <laughs> that's got to be rough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's- that's pretty bad. I mean, still haven't. I mean, okay. And but, it's uh, Tuesday too. This is like Tuesday. Sunbelt era stuff. It's like nine thirty on a Tuesday. That reminds me of Sunbelt era. Dude, I don't even remember playing that early at the Sunbelt. I think our earliest game was like eleven something. Um, I remember having those games on like Wednesday night though, and I'd be going to campus or something at night, and I wouldn't be able to find the freaking parking spot anywhere. <laughs> That's probably right. Um, okay, let's go down the line, Jared. Do you think a bowl game redeems the coaching staff this year? Not a win, just a bowl game. Uh, well, I mean, we get a bowl game where they redeem. So. We're still under five hundred, so I say no. If we win the bowl game, then that would be different because that would even us out. We would have a bowl win, and that negates a lot of the bad things that happened. But there's still not much of an excuse for the reason why we've underperformed, underperformed as bad as we have. That, that someone should eat a little bit of crow for whatever reason. But, yeah, I mean, if we win a bowl game, if we're actually in one and win it against a somewhat decent team, I'll take that. Alex, if we I go really, to a bowl game, what do you think? I really don't think it would redeem anything. <laughs> if anything, it would just keep the seat cold proverbially, not like we're going to push Helen out the door tomorrow or anything, but – Going into next year, it's like if we didn't get uh, – if we for some strange reason lose on Tuesday against Charlotte and that ends all our hopes, that's when discussions will start going. Like judging from the season we had under COVID, granted, but it just goes to the standard that Western has been trying to uphold since the beginning of – the Petrino area, and it just graduated onto the Braum era. So it's like the certain standard that you would have to hold when it comes to not only the recruiting, but just the coaching and the job you're going to do with your coaching staff. There's the Raptor. Uh, Ross, <laughs> what uh, what are your thoughts, buddy? Bowl game or bowl game and win or bowl game and nothing? Are they redeemed? Can you hear me? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I can hear you just fine. She's <laughs> she's not even in the same room. It's just the mic's picking her up really well. Okay, um, 
I mean, I don't think it doesn't redeem the season. It just makes it where it makes it palatable. It makes it, you know, you it's, you can swallow it. You know, it's like, you know, starting off, what were we, one and one and five or one yeah. and six to start off the season yeah. and to finish six and six or five and you know, five and six and then six and six with a bowl win, you know, I think you can say, Okay, well they COVID screwed up everything. The quarter he made a bad decision at quarterback, but you know what, they rallied and you know, he's two two for two in bowl seasons. Like I, you can sell you can sell with this a uh, close a strong close as opposed to you know if they would have limped on to like a two and a two and nine finish or something then then you really hitting the panic button so this coaching staff has at least shown that you know they can do what it takes to win games you know they can win ugly you know I think we all want to see you know Helton and Ellis and the offensive staff put it together because it's been just infuriating how bad we've been on offense and really how much you know, we're, we're cheering, you know, getting 278 yards of offense against, you know, FIU and 300, you know, that would be a half in the Braum era. And, you know, yeah. comparing stuff to the best era of all time is, isn't is great, but this guy, you know, those were two coaches that were on the staff of that. You know, it's like, what do you guys got to do to get, you know, this offense to consistently get 30 a game? Not 40, not 50, you know, just get 30 a game and – that's going to win you a whole lot of football games moving forward and help you get to that, you know, that level that we all aspire to be. You know, I think that's why I'd be like, okay, we make we make a bowl game, we keep the momentum going. If we make a bowl game this year, think about it, guys. That is nine bowl eligible seasons in ten years. Like the only one was Stanford's last Stanford's last season that we didn't do that. So. It's it's been a hell of a run, and if you can salvage that, you can sell that, and you know, if they can figure out a way to plug a lot of holes in the roster next year, they you know, there's some weapons that they developed this season. You you would squint, but it's like okay, we got a good staff, we just gotta get a mulligan and find an offense. So, yeah, um, I agree with that. Um, Mr. Hilltopper makes a good point, uh, writing in saying we don't have the money to make a move. Yeah, exactly. I mean, exactly. Conference-wise, no. We, I mean, there's – I mean, yeah, unless I win, you know, a trillion dollars or whatever in the lottery, definitely going to support Western and make this podcast go wild. But um, I think – I'll kind of echo what you all say. Let's say let's say everything goes golden. Um, win Charlotte, get the bowl bid. We win the bowl game, and I think we have it. If we have a good season next year, I could see Helton leaving. I could see him getting offers. What do you all think? I don't know. It just depends on how we would look next season. If we have like another nine and four season like his first year. Yeah, that's what I was saying. It would definitely help him a lot. Yeah. I mean, it just depends on what's available. Right. I think it would be more. Ross, go ahead. Yeah, no, I'm just saying, Helton's not the sexiest coach. I don't think he's really a raw, you know, laid back and he's very, you know, kind of personal so even compared to like a Brom or something he doesn't have that big sexy offense I think it, it's, it's, uh, it's one of those years where one of those coaches is going to take a couple of years he's going to have to win big to get the next job and this year if there is one silver lining it probably pushes back his you know eventual departure a few years see I I think uh, I'll throw out a big word. I think you're remiss in say in comparing him to Brom. I wouldn't compare him to Brom. I would compare him to like Willie Taggart. Willie was not sexy. Okay. No, but, but he could recruit at a high level. 
he grinded out wins when he needed to, and the offense, at least with Bobby Rainey, looked decent. Yes. Like we had K1 Jenks as quarterback, and the offense Ugh. still looked decent. Yes. Well, no, I mean, but, but Taggart could sell recruiting and, you know, excitement and juice and all that, that junk that he, you know, was selling. And I hey, don't nobody's know. got it better than us. Yeah, exactly. But I don't, I don't know. I really just don't see that, you know, when, you know, you've got, you're trying to impress athletic directors or search committees or whatever that Helton's going to be able to do that unless he just keeps winning big. And, you know, I think, you know, this year showed that, it might be a couple of years before we win big again. I think he can he can probably get us back to a ball again next year, but winning big and, and taking a big jump. I don't see a you know a P five or even an AAC team hiring a coach that goes seven and five next year and selling that to a fan base. Uh, Two things uh, real quick. Two things real quick. One, uh, what Mr. Hilltopper just said, saying Willie could recruit Florida too. Yeah, I want to see how Helton recruits because. I, th- th- that's a big thing. I haven't really seen many recruits, at least for next year's. Only class, two commits but, right now. It's it's yeah. that's been the untold thing, and it's been a little bit of a lapse in our coverage. We got that mm-hmm. uh, commitment from Washington, and then they had some Florida kids that decommitted, and he's been hitting the JUCO really hard. And you know, it's recruiting. You know, I, I actually liked his class last year, but you know, recruiting has been slow this year. But the other thing too, my second point is that we've lost a lot of people to transfer. I mean, just this week, Garland rule France, he announced he was entering the transport portal. I mean, we lost two of our best wide receivers before the season even really started to transfer. And there's been a lot of other smaller players that didn't get as much playing time that transferred as well. So that's also something I'm starting to worry about. There's a story there and I'm wondering. LaFrance was LaFrance was just simple playing time. I think the the two senior receivers are the two you gotta be worried about. But like, you know, LaFrance, I mean, he was shuffled from running back to receiver to defensive back. I think he played a little bit of receiver. And then, you know, who blames that kid for wanting to leave? You know, yeah. It's just I mean, it's you know, losing it's if we lose if you look at the places we lost people to last year, everybody went to FCS, whether it was Clayton Bush or Fortenberry or whatever, they all went to a level below. It's if, you know, if we lose a player to transferring to P5, that's when I'm going to start worrying. That's what Sanford did, and that that's that's a bad trend. But if you can keep your good players, I mean, you know, it sucks to lose, you know, some of these role players, but, you know, they're usually transferring for a reason, and that's usually playing time. So, um, yeah, yeah completely yeah. agree there. Um, so – I'm gonna. We're gonna step into a scenario here, and I want to hear what you all have to say. I, I have a feeling I know what the answer is going to be, but um, the twenty what was it twenty fourteen uh, WKU versus Marshall when Marshall was ranked number twenty four in the nation, and Western uh, ended up playing them and being the Cinderella, and Western fans love it. Uh, was that the biggest game in Western football history? Or is there another one that you would like to throw out there? Uh, Jared, I will start with you first. At least for me personally, I think that's the biggest win we've ever had. Because I was watching that game. It was Black Friday. It was six years ago to this day is when that game was. And just seeing our offense and just the back and forth between, like, Cato going and getting the touchdown and then Dowdy going and throwing the touchdown, just – it's, it was nonstop scoring. Like sixty-seven to sixty-six is a final score is completely insane. Like the fact that we got it into overtime. Like I remember talking to my dad. I was like, "Well, I mean, maybe we have a chance. I mean, we got nothing to lose. 
I mean, this is obviously a ranked team. They haven't lost all year. So, I mean, let's see what happens. And then when we finally got that touchdown and we went for two, uh, that's when I started to get really freaked out. I was like, this could, we could actually win this game if we do something right here. As like, I mean, once again, we got nothing to lose. We might as well go for it and getting that that conversion. Man, I freaked out. Like that was probably the most hype I had ever been watching a Western football game at the time. So that's a very special memory. And of course, seeing how ticked off all the Marshall fans were after that, I would love to see that happen every single year. It's beautiful. Um, Alex, what are your thoughts? I feel like it is just because it is the biggest program win in the FBS transition. Like, and I will say this, like if the whole New Year's six pairings where a mid-major like UCF, for example, can get ranked just with enough, like if we went undefeated that year, we would have been in a New York, not New York, New Year's Eve, Eve game scenario so it's like it kind of gives you something like okay we've had that team before we just need the right pieces to get back to those days and if we do i have a feeling that we may end up going in a new year's eve yeah that's just my very bold prediction but that's my answer with an answer yes yes definitely a big program win ross what were your thoughts um you know i'm kind of back and forth on it you know it's probably the best team Western's ever beat when it comes to a, when it comes to a regular season game. I think, you know, the stakes really weren't that, I guess the stakes were pretty good because, Hey, they were undefeated. We were, we basically ruined their undefeated season. That's great. But I mean, you know, it helped us go to a bowl, you know, you think, okay, what about the P five wins we've had? We beat Arkansas, who was a two win team or fired their coach. We beat, some crappy Kentucky and Vanderbilt teams. So, like, you know, I think probably, um, you know, I think it's probably the best. And it, it kind of stinks that, you know, you see all the Marshall fans, like you're still bragging about a game six years ago. But it was, it was the combination of, you know, who we beat, you know, it was just really a fun game. Like, that's, that's what, you know, kind of what Jared was saying. Like, back and forth, you know, one on a two-point conversion. You know, there was just so many fun little cocky moments. And, you know, that's probably why it's the combination of who you beat, where they're ranked, the time of the year, you know, it, it spawned a rivalry. You know, I think, you know, with all that considered, it's the best one. And, you know, I hope we can have a conversation here in a couple of years where we have a couple more of that rivalry. I mean, you know, when in the Conference USA championships were probably more important games, um, you know, some bowl wins might have been more important, but that game was just for a sheer Historical impact and fun probably tops the list. I am okay. First off, I'm not. Uh, I'm not a Brom beater. I'm not want to beat my drum and talk about how great it was when Brom was here and all that. But for program history, I would probably agree that it is one of the most crucial games uh, for Western. Um, we beat Marshall, um, which I know Marshall fans just loathe Western from for that year because they were ranked, which makes it even more better for me. Um, they all had to go back to the Dairy Queen in Huntington and cry. Um, but uh, for me, like, personally, um, you know, I, I want to mention the game that, you know, where Western beat UK. But then I think, well, that was Joker's last year. It was probably one of the games that got Joker fired. Um, 
And, you know, they were just a hot garbage mess at the end. So it's really not a game you want to brag about. Well, they Vanderbilt, beat Stoops you know. in his first year, too. So yeah. Okay. But still, I mean, it's still nothing to write home about. Uh, Vanderbilt, Arkansas, just like you were just saying, Ross, you know, it's nothing to, to write home about, but they're wins all the same. But beating the number 24 team in the nation, no matter who it is, is an important thing. I mean, you can still go back and watch, you know, highlights of that game on YouTube. And, of course, I think the thing that is the icing on the cake for me is that a player, Willie McNeil, was the guy who caught the two-point conversion in the end zone. And knowing him personally, it just adds the icing on the cake to me as to why that's such an important game. And, um, sorry, but... I, I, when people say, well, I don't know if it's necessarily the, the biggest game or the most important, I think it is. I think for the program, that game was was a uh, solidification of Brahms, uh, you know, what am I trying to think of? His, his era, I mean, just to show, you know, the importance of how he was here at Western. And I think, I think that's what it is. I think that game is very crucial to our – to our legacy here at Western. Uh, can we that, can we just appreciate Brandon Leston for like five seconds? Because, man, what a guy. <laughs> I was going to say, ready, I know, starting. He had some big, he had some big <laughs> yeah. interceptions in that game, though. But, I mean, he was one of those blue guys on that team that I probably will never forget. Oh, yeah. I mean. He was such a scrappy guy, too. That team was – that team's amazing. Don't get me wrong. I'm not, not undercutting or trying to forget anybody, but just there's – so many small parts to that team that just, I mean, well, it's, it's, it was the win that set up two championships right after it. Yeah. That's they, what yeah. you got. That's what you got to look at because before that people forget before that they were sitting at three and five and then they close out with four straight wins. No, five straight wins to close that season. And that's directly goes in the next year where they start off eight and one win the conference USA championship. And then they do it again the next year. So I know. Yeah. That Marshall win was really the thing that put it over the top and started that championship run. And that's really showed, you know, as Western fans, like the heights that we can reach as a football program. That's, that's why that win was so important. I agree. Um, we will try to be back on our normal schedule this coming week. I want to try and get back on this coming Wednesday. I'm hoping that, uh, as I was talking about at the beginning of the podcast, that the coworker, uh, who was in isolation for COVID, will be back to work. I'm hoping and praying he'll be back. Um, hopefully we will be back Wednesday. Uh, watch the Western versus, uh, excuse me, Louisville game on the 1st. That's Tuesday at 6 p.m. Uh, Eastern on the ACC Network or maybe on the Hilltopper Vault on YouTube. Uh, definitely check out Hilltopper Vault. They are posting a lot of uh, historical games for Western, some current, some, you know, within the past week or so. Um, if you missed any of the invitational games, you can watch those on Hilltopper Vault. Most of those are up. Um, I did see some of those were up earlier today. Uh, yeah, Western I, is playing, I, I, update, uh, I update our, yeah, update our archives after every time uh, YouTube's up there too. So if you on the okay. rack, yes, got We've got, and it's not just Hilltopper Vault games, but we've got 103 football games now and 159 basketball. So we've got every game from this season in football and basketball. So if you ever, 
if you ever want to rewatch a game, whether just, you know, you missed it like you guys, like Jared yesterday, or, mm-hmm. man, that game was fun. I want to watch the Memphis game again. You know, go check out the Tower Rack, and we'll have the, the YouTube links there, usually the day after. So, Or if you want to watch the uh, Western Marshall game from 2014, you can watch it there. Yeah, uh, and it's it's in yeah it's in chronological order from the most recent season to our oldest season on there. So, which is like what the twenties or something, thirties? They've got. I mean, we've got that's under the partial <laughs> game, but like I think seventy eight in football and I think seventy one in basketball. We, he has the final four links. So, you know, oh, that's if, crazy. If it's, that's so if it's on, yeah, if it's on YouTube or uh, Vimeo, then it's gonna. I've got it linked on there. So. Uh, so, yeah, check that out. Western plays at 1030 uh, Eastern, 930 Central on uh, – is that the first or – yeah, I think it's the first as well. The Big Tuesday. Uh, yes. Yeah, Topper Tuesday. Topper Tuesday. Topper Tuesday. CBS, uh, CBS Sports Network, right, I think. I think yeah. so. I'll have to, yeah. I, I already closed out of that window. But yeah. uh, definitely check those games out. If you can't, be there, listen, support the team. Um, and if you miss the game – Check the Tower Rack. They'll have a recap, and uh, we will have uh, updates during the game, so you can follow the Twitter link, and they'll, we'll be talking about that. Um, and that's all I've got, guys. Do you all have anything else? Not really. I was going to say, it sounds like nothing. Hey, Jared, how was, how was Cracker Barrel Thanksgiving? It was great. <laughs> we didn't have to cook a thing. It was beautiful. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. That sounds fun. I'll have to try that next year. Um but uh, I hope everybody had a nice holiday and uh, happy holidays to you all. And hopefully we will be back this Wednesday. Uh, but as always, guys, go Tops. Go Tops. Go Tops. Thanks, guys. Hey, glad fun. to have you. Good to see you guys or hear you guys again. I'm glad it's I finally got to make one. here. Yes. Yeah. It's good to be back. And good, hey, good, good job, guys, on the uh, coverage. We're I think we've gotten a lot of messages saying that they've really appreciated it. So thanks for the hard work, guys. Hey, thanks for us. Awesome.